International Affairs with Songhezo Mapete. Yes, everybody, we are back. We are live. This is the SFM Viewpoint with me, Songhezo Mapete, and we are now in the final straight in the proverbial 400-meter race. We are out of the starting blocks. We did the back straight. We hit the bend last segment, and now we are going towards the finish line. Samuel Oyele, political science lecturer at the Federal University of Oyekiti. He is our guest this evening as we discuss Niger's coup weakening regional fight against Boko Haram. Boko Haram, we all know, is a terrorist and insurgency organization emerged in Nigeria around 2009. But frankly speaking, Boko Haram have been around for quite some time. That organization continued to spread across the lake into the Chad region. Cameroon, Chad, Niger have all experienced the worst of Boko Haram. The group has directly or indirectly, it is reported, killed in excess of 300,000 children and displaced some 5 million people in the region. Now, at its peak around 2015, the insurgents controlled some 50,000 square kilometers of Nigerian territory. Huge by any description. The recent coup in Niger has changed the security priority of key actors in the Lake Chad region from fighting Boko Haram to addressing the political crisis. How has this is the question? How has this coup compromised regional fight against Boko Haram in a region like most regions cannot and can least afford? Mr. Samuel Oyewole is on the line. Sam, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good evening. I'm very pleased to join you. Thank you for inviting me. First things first, I hear some tragic news that you are in hospital one because your back is broken. I don't propose to discuss your health, but my goodness gracious me, if I know, I'm going to find out and inquire after your health. Are you well? Are you recovering? Are you moving in the right direction? Uh, can, can you come again, please? I understand that you're in hospital because you've got some health problems, particularly around your back. Now, you don't have to discuss your health yeah. at length, but surely you can tell me that you're doing well and you're recovering and are fighting fit? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. Thank you. Okay, well, let's see how much of this engagement we can have. It's good to hear that, Sam. Niger, Boko Haram, coups, more continued instability for the region. This does not augur well for growth, for development, for safety and security, for the protection, in particular, of children who are always vulnerable to Boko Haram. Your thoughts? Uh, That's true. Thank you. Uh, the coup in Niger have actually altered a lot of things in the security architecture of uh, the Lake Chad region. Uh, over the years, Niger has played a critical role in the fight against terrorism and insurgency, uh, particularly against Boko Haram uh, in the Lake Chad region, as well as uh, other Islamist movements uh, in the Sahel region generally. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, we have this uh, multinational joint tax force uh, that is uh, made up of uh, Niger Republic, Chad, Cameroon, and Nigeria, uh, plus uh, Benin Republic, uh, that is made up of about 10,000 uh, troops uh, fighting Boko Haram in that contiguous zone of the Lake Chad. Uh, however, this crisis has altered a lot of things uh, in the region. Nigeria, uh, who was earlier, uh, and uh, a major ally of uh, 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 of Niger Republic, 
is now considered to be an hostile of the current uh, government of uh, the Republic due to the fact that um, the Nigerian-led ECOWAS bloc is currently, uh, has currently placed a series of sanctions uh, on Nigeria Republic, including cutting electricity uh, supply to Nigeria Republic, as well as uh, blocking the land, uh, closing land border, as well as um, a flight to and fro from uh, Nigeria to Nigeria and other ECOWAS countries. So uh, as a result of that, these are strained relationship between Nigeria and, uh, and Nigeria and some other uh, ECOWAS member. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, the country has taken some measure that has actually disrupted uh, some of the arrangement on ground uh, in the fight against Boko Haram. Uh, as a result of the threat by ECOWAS to intervene militarily uh, to restore constitutional order in Niger, there's now this issue of um, rearrangement of uh, security priority of Nigeria and some other ECOWAS country, as well as uh, uh, Niger Republic. Uh, initially, the fight against Boko Haram and some other terrorist and insurgent movements in the region, the core security concern of the Niger government. But currently, uh, regime security has taken the front seat in the security priority of Niger Republic because the regime is yet to stabilize uh, locally as well as to gain international acceptability. And as a result of that, this uh, new security priority has forced the government of Niger to, uh, to prioritize security of the capital city, as well as in the southwestern border of the country, uh, at the detriment of the security of the southeastern uh, border of the country, which is more affected by Boko Haram. So, uh, that's, that's one side of the story. Uh, the other side of the story is the alliance between Niger and France, as well as that of uh, other Western countries. Uh, we have seen a series of measures taken by the new government, the junta, uh, to severe relationship, especially the defense part with um, France, as well as to minimize their dependency on the Western countries by aligning with them. Um, pro-Russian uh, forces in the region, uh, like other juntas like uh, Burkina Faso and Mali. And as a result of that, uh, most Western countries or many Western countries have, uh, have sanctioned uh, and condemned the coup, as well as uh, suspended their uh, humanitarian and military aid, as well as developmental aid to, uh, to Niger. And this also has its own implication. It means that um, there's now increasing, um, uh, there's a growing uh, demand for humanitarian uh, materials and other supports, uh, other things that are critical to uh, developmental arrangement of the country, uh, forcing the country to, to call for help from countries like Mali and Nigeria. Again, the, the, the border closure from Nigeria has affected the country especially in time of international trade uh, 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 and network. Because being a landlocked country, the country does not have direct access to the sea. It relies mainly on Nigeria uh, and few other countries to access uh, international sea. There are a couple of things that enter into the fray following this coup. First of all, the most obvious one is the fact that a coup took place 
this is an affront to any nation's rule of law. So that is something that needs to be engaged. This engages and triggers questions of regional stability, more particularly in the ECOWAS region, Economic, St Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS. Instability in the region okay. can ill afford this sort of thing because it tends to influence. I mean, have we not seen what has happened in Burkina Faso, what we've seen in Cameroon, what we've seen in Chad, now in Niger? This becomes sort of a populist approach to for any formation that is disgruntled for whatever reason, it could then becomes a more immediate option as opposed to, traditionally speaking anyway, the last option. Then we are entering beyond that into geopolitical questions and issues and you've mentioned some of them how the west seemingly is being dropped and favored for the east particularly russia and everything that comes with the eastern agenda china also at some point enters into the fray what for the military rule nonetheless because they are now representing and acting on behalf of niger is the priority for that country is it the rule of law is it whatever has been advanced for the reasons behind the coup itself change more democratic things happening albeit that is oxymoronic in kind because you can't have a coup and then start talking about democracy at the same time or is it a way of just changing the lens and focus of the nation to now look to where many would say is east over west if what has happened in south africa and the developments around BRICS or anything to go by the solidarity in parts of the global community of russia against what it seemingly to them is a witch hunt of vladimir putin what do you make of this and what would then be the priorities of the military leadership in niger okay uh thank you for that question uh in my opinion we cannot uh, compare the situation in South Africa with the situation in Niger. We have a government in Niger with a questionable legitimacy or with legitimacy crisis. And then given the fact that most Western countries have condemned the coup, the country is left with no other option than to embrace whoever is ready to legitimize the government and support the government to survive. We have a government or a regime that need to prioritize survival first. So uh, for, for Niger, it's not just about geopolitics. Geopolitics is secondary in this context. The primary concern is survival. We have a regime that in few months or few weeks to uh, its existence, uh, it has already received a series of threats of military intervention from headquarters and discussion of possible military intervention from France, and then many countries uh, uh, previously considered as allied to the country, sanctioning that country and then because of the regime change. So as a result of that, uh, in my opinion, I think uh, the priority of that government first is in, in national security, which is the, uh, in, in time of territorial security will not be possible without regime stability in that country. So it's a question of regime security, is a question of territorial security. The regime, uh, the new regime has uh, become a major threat to the norms in the, in the region. Uh, and given the spread of coup in that region, it is understandable mm. that ECOWAS is trying to take a tough stand this time around 
to discourage the domino effect of uh, this coup uh, across the region. There's a need to take a tougher stand against a um, coup d'etat. And uh, unlike what we have seen in the past, whereby we just have condemnation of a coup and nothing will happen after. And I guess that's why this, uh, uh, the recent development with ECOWAS trying to take a very tough stand against uh, the military junta. Um, in terms yeah, we're of going to focus on the position of ECOWAS. Let's take a break, Sam, because my system is going to cut me. I apologize for having to do that. Mr. Samuel no Oyawala, political science lecturer at the Federal University in Nigeria, Oya Ekiti region specifically. This is SAFM, everybody. Let's take an ad break before we go to the final countdown towards 22 hours. The Viewpoint on SAFM. International Affairs on The Viewpoint. Song as my better here on the viewpoint, just over seven minutes to go until the end of the show. We are talking about the coup in Niger and the instability it has brought not only to that nation, but to the region, most notably the response of ECOWAS in trying now once and for all to put its foot down so that it doesn't continue if it has create the precedent that suggests these coups are normal and a blind eye will be turned to them. It seems now Niger has stepped on the wrong toe, as it were. Let's talk for a moment, Sam, about Boko Haram. Boko Haram has been there for the longest time. That is not in question. But some of the developments, particularly around 2012, 2013, when there seemed to be now some directed and targeted responses to the proliferation that was threatening and continues to threaten around Boko Haram. For instance, if you talk about 2013, the insurgents controlled something like 20,000 square miles. Now it's more than doubled. The responses, have they been sufficient? Are they adequate? You know, because in 2014, the Paris and London conferences further encouraged common frontline and international support against Boko Haram in the region of Chad. We do know that further on in July 2015, the multinational joint task force became operational against Boko Haram. But Boko Haram has not gone gently away into that good night. They, if anything, they have grown more muscle and have become more brazen. What's going on? Where are the failings now in the ECOWAS's military system at a minimum to engage Boko Haram and to eliminate Boko Haram? Oh, that, thank you for that question. I think, uh, let me quickly clarify this. I think uh, compared to 2015, 2014, 2015 can be considered as the peak of Boko Haram crisis. Uh, that was the time that Boko Haram actually controlled that huge territory, about uh, 50 square kilometers of Nigerian territory. Uh, but currently, uh, Boko Haram uh, can, there's no evidence or there's no sufficient evidence to show that Boko Haram controls such huge territory in Nigeria again. Uh, the 2015-2016 counter-offensive against Boko Haram actually recovered most of the lost territory uh, to Boko Haram. And there's major indication that most, uh, uh, most of the fighters of this insurgent group move northward and eastward to uh, Niger and to the Sahel region. And that's why there's heightened in crisis. Uh, the, the crisis in, in the Sahel region has also increased, uh, especially since 2016-2017. Uh, however, there's still enough indication or they see enough evidence to show that uh, Boko Haram is still a major threat 
in the Lake Chad region. Uh, but not like what we used to have in 2014-2015, when they control significant territory in the uh, northeastern part of Nigeria, in Difa region of uh, Niger Republic, as well as far north uh, of Cameroon. But currently, uh, yeah, they, they don't control that much uh, of territory again, uh, compared to what they used to control in 2015-2014. Uh, the counter-offensive that was initiated because around that 2015, uh, uh, Nigeria have about 25,000 troops deployed against Boko Haram. And as at my last check in 2017, 2018, Nigeria have about 50,000 troops fighting the war against Boko Haram. So, and uh, other countries also stepped up uh, their troop deployment to that region. Uh, and they have recorded significant success uh, in addition with uh, the multinational joint task force. Uh, uh, significant success uh, has been recorded against uh, uh, Boko Haram in the region. However, the threat still remains. There are still cases of uh, attack, kidnapping, suicide bombing, and so on uh, in, in the Lake Chad region. But not like uh, the threats uh, level in 2015 and 2014. So, Would it uh, then be your suggestion so, that okay. from 2014, 2015 to now, we are talking about seven, eight years, possibly nine, that the yeah. trends are suggesting and are pointing to the elimination of Boko Haram. Would that be a fair assessment then of the trends and what you're saying? Yes, what I'm trying to say is that in 2014-2015, Boko Haram was at its peak in time of capacity, in time of capability, in time of uh, motivation, in time of operation, in time of attack. But the counter offensive that was launched against Boko Haram in 2015 and 2016 actually recovered so many lost territory as well as in hostages captured by Boko Haram. And then the threat has not been eliminated or it has been minimized ever since then. What then becomes the echoist response against the fact that although not eliminated, certainly minimized, but now we've got a member who's not really adding to peace, security and stability of the region. And precisely because of what has happened in Niger, it gives an out and an opportunity I wouldn't quite go so far as saying proliferation, but certainly it gives Boko Haram a bit of breathing space. What then should be the non-negotiable conversations that are taking place? I make this question or ask this question against everything that you have said in terms of the tough stance that seems to be Okawas's position in response to this coup. Okay, I, I think uh, the initial response of an uh, Okawas has actually make it very challenging now to reapproach the uh, the junta to actually uh, arrange and re-strategize against Boko Haram because the priority placed on um, restoring constitutional order in Niger uh, at the expense of uh, uh, at the expense of the common front against Boko Haram in the lecture by Nigeria. Uh, which president, uh, the current president of Nigeria, Dobu, as the current chairman of uh, ECOWAS, has actually altered that uh, delicate balance. So uh, the trust and the commitment of Niger uh, cannot really be guaranteed in the immediate time, especially in responding to uh, uh, Boko Haram. However, I believe uh, ECOWAS can still use other means, especially diplomatic means, 
to re-engage and re-approach uh, 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 the Niger government. And I think uh, Nigerian government have started doing that by sending uh, Islamic scholars and, and uh, top Islamic scholars from northern Nigeria and traditional rulers to engage with the Niger, uh, the new Niger government. I 